Hello, everyone, and welcome, fellow piercers and piercing enthusiasts, to Real Talk, a piercing podcast from the minds of piercing professionals on the body modification industry and culture. Each episode, we will center on a common theme with a guest. We will cover topics including things such as piercing methods, industry topics, jewelry, and trends. I'm your host, Will Von Doom, a professional body piercer and proud member of the Association of Professional Piercers. So let's get straight to the point and dive into this week's topic. Welcome back, everyone. In this week's episode, I wanted to take some time to discuss a topic that's intimidating to a lot of people and listeners. That topic is what it's like to be a younger person in this industry. For this episode, I thought it would be best to hear from someone that has been living with these issues for as many years as I have been piercing. Jake Hardman of Drift Studios in Florida joins us today. Jake and I have been friends for a number of years. He's worked for me at my studio and does some solid work as a piercer and as a young business owner. So without further ado, listen in as we discuss the challenges these people face and how to jump over those hurdles. I am here with Florida's very own king of the swamp, Jake Hartman. How is the evening treating you, my friend? It's going really well. Thanks, Will. Awesome. So, Jake, you've been great to come onto the show and talk about uh, today's topic with us. But before we even dive into that, why don't you go ahead and take a second here and just tell us a little bit about yourself and also where people can find you. Well, uh, I've been piercing here uh, for around eight years. Um, I started piercing in Florida. I've pierced in uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, Michigan. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I started doing this really, really young. I was probably in a shop since 14 or 15, and I've been piercing ever since. Uh, and you can find me at my studio that I own, uh, Drift Piercing Studios in Eustis, Florida. Today's topic is going to be about being a younger person or a piercer in our industry. I didn't realize this until I started talking to Jake a few moments ago, but how long have you actually been piercing? Eight years. And how old are you? I am 20. I, I actually, I will be 24 on Monday. <laughs> there you go. So you've been piercing quite a long time. Uh, me, for example, I started piercing when I was 25 and I'm 33 now. And that was uh, the start of my apprenticeship. So you definitely started a lot younger than probably most people. So with that being said, what challenges have you faced so far being such a young piercer? Definitely one of the biggest ones was kind of not either getting taken seriously or not getting uh, respected because I was a little bit younger. I've definitely been in situations where um, I felt like I had a lot to offer or I felt like, you know, what my points given across were valid, but they're kind of brushed under the table because the whole, what do you know, I've been piercing before you were born kind of deal. Right. And I can understand that, too. I mean, with a lot of people, you get that whole with age comes knowledge type argument, which applies to a lot of things and not just the piercing industry itself. So by being a younger piercer, I can definitely see where you're having issues or where that can actually come up to hurt you, because for a while, it seems like our industry was very much aligned with the you've had to pay your dues. You've had to learn things in a shop. You've had to do this. You've had 
And it seems like you have a lot of drive to just go ahead and get that knowledge for yourself. Yeah, for sure. I think I think being young definitely has a as a, a play on that, like having the energy and the drive to go out and do that. Um, because much like many people, I uh, I didn't start off in the greatest of situations, but once I found out that there was something greater out there, I had all this youthful energy to just go pursue it in every which way I wanted. I wasn't I wasn't I didn't have a family. I didn't have you know a lot of responsibilities. I could kind of you know if something wasn't working for me and I needed to make a better change for myself, it was very easy for me to either pick up or move or make big changes because I was younger and I didn't have a lot of things weighing me down. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm in the total opposite camp. I mean, I had my family where I started. I was in a long-term relationship with my now wife. And then, you know, I had two dogs and all, all sorts of things <laughs> like that, too. So it was really difficult for me to pick up. So I can definitely see as that being like a huge advantage for you. Mm-hmm, for sure. It's been really, really helpful to to have that kind of drive. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'll be 24 on Monday and I've been piercing eight years. So, uh, you know, I can only imagine what I'll either know or learn in another eight years, you know. So I feel like I, I've, I've come a long way and I still have a very long way to go. But I feel like it kind of gave me a little bit of a head start. Right. And, it, and you know, the old saying goes pretty much once you stop learning, it's time to retire. And I think that's a really good attitude for you to have. Because one of the things that we always try to do as an industry is forever to keep pushing forward. Because if we stay where we are, that's when you become stagnant, you become compliant, and then not really learning anything, just kind of repeating the same issues and problems if you're not paying attention to how things are changing. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I've definitely, I've heard it, I've heard it before. And I've actually, a lot recently, I heard, you know, why, why do I need to go to conference? Why do I need to do any of this, you know? further learning stuff. I've been piercing before you were born, you know, what do I have to learn? And I have the same thought process as you as, you know what, if you don't have anything to learn, just quit, you know, right. If, if if that's it for you, dude, end it, you know, go be a barista, go, uh, you know, go work at Disney. Right. Exactly. So, and before people ask, Jake does live in Florida and, uh, we all lovingly refer to him as the king of the swamp. And that is single, single-handedly because if you ever go and visit Jake as a piercer or try to shadow or anything like that, he will take you on these crazy like swamp tours where like there's alligators all over the place and he will just be in the water like with his dog doing his thing, which terrifies the living hell out of me. But it's what Jake does. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, Actually, I've, I've had a lot of people hit me up lately to come shadow and that's kind of the deal. It's like, yep, come have come, you know. Come work a little bit, but then let's play a little bit. We'll we'll go in the swamp. I'll I'll show you some gators and uh, hopefully get you scared for a little bit. Now, well, absolutely, that's terrifying to me. I'm not going to lie about it. But so, uh, with uh, going on that note that you just made, that a lot of people are are reaching out to you to come out and shadow, uh, which is basically for those of you. Uh, that our piercers are super fans that don't know what that means. Shadowing is when you travel, usually typically out of your area, to go watch another piercer work throughout the day. And it is one of the most valuable thing you can do as a young piercer to go and watch someone else work because they're in their element. You can see how they interact with clients. You can see how they do piercings. You can get a whole feel for things. Now that we know what it is, do you feel that a lot of younger piercers are newer piercers to our industry are reaching out to you because of your age? And do you think that is an advantage for you? 
I feel like it might be. I feel like I might be a little less intimidating to to reach out to. And I, I definitely have that open door policy where I'm like, yeah, if you want to come in, come in, like hang out. Let's like, you know, spread the knowledge. Knowledge is power. Like, let's let's do this. Uh, I'm definitely in that kind of mindset. And I've definitely made that very apparent to everybody. Like no one needs to feel like scared or like have it be a daunting feeling just to ask, like, come hang out. It's like, no, dude, come hang out. I, I love when people come by. And I think I think that does help because. I mean, it is, uh, and coming from a younger Pierce, like when I was when I was first trying to explore and see what else was out there, it was kind of daunting wanting to contact one of these guys that I would looked up to so much, and you know, I'd probably watched all the videos that they put out on on the internet, but really would would have just loved to just sit there and uh, actually watch them do it. And uh, for the people who are looking to go do that, just do it. You know, I find find something you want to get, have that person do it on you, and you might be able to go in, watch them do a few piercings, and then go get pierced by them. That's like the best thing you can. It really is that. That is how I learned a lot, and I mean, I've traveled quite a ways. You know, anything within almost like a five hour bubble. I traveled to go see Nick at Dorje Dormants, which we all know about, and that's what kicked off our friendship. I've traveled to see Ryan Ouellette at Precision Body Arts in Nassau, New Hampshire which he's an amazing person and always open for you to go and visit him to watch him work. Uh, he also has another great podcast called the Piercing Wizard Podcast, which you should check out. But off of that note, I would try to do that if I were you. I know it's really intimidating to reach out to someone on the internet, especially these quote unquote, I'm doing heavy air quotations here, big name piercers, but you'd be surprised at how much these piercers want people to learn that want to better themselves, that want this younger generation of piercers to actually figure out and discover their potential by watching other people work. It's really, it's really honestly one of the, the best things that our industry does, that it is so open and welcoming to newer people to have them come and watch us. Oh, for sure. And I think, I think a lot of people um, need to realize that, that we are super open because I've actually, um, this is like, firsthand personal experience, you know, inviting someone to conference and they were a little timid about coming. And I said, no, you know what? It's going to be great. Everyone's going to be so nice. And they were really afraid that people were kind of, were going to be kind of standoffish or, you know, may not like them because they weren't popular, you know, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as they were there three days in, they, they literally were like, everyone here is so nice and so helpful. Like this is the greatest place on earth. Yeah. And I can't stress that enough. Conference is one of those things that is an absolute game changer for a young piercer. It is the amount of classes, the amount of connections that you make, the absolute feeling of community that you do get from it is frankly just, there's nothing like it. It's absolutely worth it to go to conference at least once. And if it not just once, as often as possible. For sure. For sure. I, I, I still remember my first conference and I think uh, the no excuses scholarship every day of my life for getting my foot in the door and finally going. And that it was the, it was it was a game changer. It really was. You know, everyone says, you know, what, it's going to change your career. It's no lie. It really, it's a real big game changer for you. Yeah, it's, it's frankly, it's amazing. And for those people who don't know, the No Excuses Scholarship is a scholarship that's put together by other piercers that donate their money to have people go to conference because they care that much. So those same individuals that want you to go to conference are going to be the same individuals that are going to open their doors to you so that you can come visit them and watch them work. They're obviously probably going to tell you that you should go to conference when they, when you come to visit. But with that being said, 
it just shows you the strength of this community. For sure. And, and it, yeah, you know, what's funny is, you know, going to that first conference, the, being super young actually played into it because, you know, Vegas is, for all intents and purposes, you know, a 21 and up town. Right. And I think, I, I want to say my first year in Vegas, I was... I want to say I was 18 and uh, luckily I had the, the room booked, but you know, I couldn't drink, couldn't do anything, couldn't go on the casino floor. So I, I did as much as I could, but yeah, it's still, it's still, you felt real small, real small being that young at, at conference because you, you couldn't hang out with the, the big boys. Yeah. And I, I know exactly what you mean by that too. If you listen to our previous episode where we talk about first time attendees for conference and things like that, we go into a little bit of the detail about what occurs at conference. And one of the things that does occur that's very important at the end of the night is everyone usually congregates in a central area, which is a bar, but it's where everyone talks and networks and things like that. And it it does suck because they will come up and ID you there. So you have to network during the day or during the pool party or something similar to that. So I could see that definitely being as a hindrance to you when you do go to conference. But just know that that won't stop you from being able to take classes being able to learn or, or networking with people outside of the casino itself. Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, just, just as much will get done if you want, like find someone, you know, after class, uh, take them to in and out burger, like go do something, go do something that you don't need to be 21 to go do and go down by the pool, just sit and talk. You know, it's the easiest thing in the world and you'll learn a ton outside of the classroom as well as in the classroom. Yeah, it, it really is great. I mean, there's so many opportunities. And going off of what you're saying, you can clearly see that as an 18-year-old, Jake, you definitely had a drive to learn and better yourself. Oh, yeah. At, at 18, uh, there, was no, there was nothing stopping me. I was, I was just going crazy trying to get this get the high quality thing to work. Uh, I had actually gotten, um, it was a long road to getting fired, but I got fired from the shop that I was with for a long time because I was rocking the boat too much and uh, pushing, you know, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing all high quality this and that? And it got to the point where they were like, well, you know what? You want to do it, then you'll supply everything and you'll give us 50% of it. And me being hard headed, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I did. And yeah, they let me ride it out and until they were just like, you know what? Bye. But by then I was, uh, I was gracious enough to have the opportunity uh, to go to Portland and uh, hang out with Aaron Solomon for a while and uh, that's that's another game changer. You know, the first shop that I ever visited that was all high quality, you know, all they were doing everything right. And uh, God bless Aaron Solomon because he's been doing it right for, you know, a million years. It's really nice when someone takes you under their wing like that, too, and teaches you this and helps you out in regards to like where you may be in your life. <laughs> you may be working at a sour shop that you're trying to make things as better as possible, but then you realize that by doing that, you're helping someone else's business and mm. not your own. And then people strike out like you and I by making your own business. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, at, at, at some point you're just like, man, I, I, I just want to make this work for myself. Being able to create a brand and grow it and, and kind of watch your, your baby grow has been one of the, the coolest, if not most stressful experiences I've ever done. <laughs> but it's, it's been really fun and, and, and really rewarding. I got to say that as much as it stresses me out, like being able to see where I was, uh, you know, a year ago and being able to see where I am now, it's, it's, it's really awesome. Yeah, I do have to say that. <laughs> I, I always used to joke and say that it's like owner syndrome. So basically you are driving yourself or not even driving yourself. You are running yourself raw by working as much as you can thinking about everything like your brain never shuts off but at the same time 
it's that one time in your life where you sit down and if I put all this energy in, I'm getting all the energy back out and possibly. more. So it's just so rewarding. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun, uh, you know, and the coolest part about it is, you know, the, you know, being your own boss and not, you know, if you want to do something, you get to do something. And of course, you're going to have hiccups along the way. You're going to, you're going to mess up, but then you get to look back on it and see like, all right, well, that's what I could have done better. And there's definitely been a lot of that. But at the same time, it's, it's really, it really is great just to watch something that, that you, that you put together, you know, grow. Absolutely. And, and you know, the old saying, the cost of regrets are a lesson learned. It's just one of those things you learn as time goes on. And with having those people in this industry that will try to help you out, they'll try to help you and prevent you from having some of those hiccups, but you're definitely going to still make a few. Oh yeah. And I mean, some things you need, you need to, you need to hit, hit the bottom and, and then pick yourself back up. If you get everything handed to you and you know, all the, all the knowledge handed to you and you don't do the, the critical thinking for yourself, I feel like that really impedes you later on without, you know, now you, you know, you know, you need to do something, but you don't know why you need. To do right. And I can understand that. I mean, I come from a working class family. And one of the things that I've always taken pride in is that if there's a problem that comes across, I'm not going to go ahead and just be like, who do I call to fix it? My answer has always been step back, think about it. How do I fix it? And then worst case scenario, eh, call my dad if I need help, you know, <laughs> like, he, like he helps me out all <laughs> yeah. the time with stuff. So it, it is one of those things that is is really rewarding to have your own business, to see your brand grow and to know that you haven't given up. You've every time you like fall down, you just know that you can dust yourself off and then you can just go ahead and just keep on going again and see where you wind up. Going off of that, Jake, what would you say for all those younger piercers that were possibly in a situation that you were in, such as being in a shop that they may not be fond of? or just starting out in this industry, what would you recommend? So I would say uh, come at it from an open perspective. You know, if you're at a shop that's not doing good stuff and you want to do good stuff and you like the shop, you like the people in the shop, you know, you like it and you would like to see that shop grow, I would say introduce the idea of, you know, doing all the high quality stuff. Uh, explain numbers. Uh, a business owner is not going to go off of your drive alone. Uh, your drive and your your excitement to use really awesome jewelry and stuff like that is not going to affect their wallet. Like they want to know what money you're going to make them. So if you're going to do that, you know, calculate it out, show them that this this is going to be, you know, profit for them and and go from there. Now if it's a shop where that you you definitely aren't going to grow from, they are just not about it. You know what? You don't have to pierce you know, you can get, a, you can get another job until you're in a better situation. And that's, that's totally fine. Um, and I, there's definitely a lot of shops out there that are looking for great piercers. And if you have a, you know, an actual good skill set, if you're technically sound, there are a lot of people that will take you on and, and help you out with the, uh, the logistics of, you know, using high quality jewelry. Um, honestly, that's kind of where I was at was I was trying so hard to make, to make this work at this shop and they were just fighting every day with me. And, um, actually, uh, it comes to mind, a, a Skype call with Adam Richens I had once upon a time and, uh, probably the most humbling and probably one of the most, you know, career changing for me was he was just like, so dude, why do you suck? And I was like, Oh, well, you know, they don't, they can't, they don't want to provide this to me. So he's like, so move. And I was just like making excuses for myself. And now I can see that I was just making excuses, but that's what it took. It took me being like, you know what? I'm young. I can do whatever. Uh, I 
I planned a guest spot. I, you know, I interviewed, I got a job and I dropped everything and I moved out to Portland. Um, and that's what it took for me. Now it might not be that drastic of a need for you to do that, but that's what it took for me to, you know, just, I, I dropped everything cause I was going to trade, I was going to change my dream. Yeah. I can totally understand that. It, it is one of those things where unfortunately a lot of people like to make excuses and they will make every excuse under the sun. They don't want to do it. I tried. They didn't do it. That's that's a big thing. You you can sit here and you can make excuses from when the sun goes up to when the sun goes down. And by the end of the the end of the day, you're still going to be exactly where you started off. So the big thing is you have to make changes for yourself. You have to decide what is a better option. You don't have to pierce. That is something that I have tried to stress to a lot of people. For example, the other day, there was a young lady who came in who was speaking to me about wanting to get into this industry. And she asked me what the best advice I could give her was. And that was to go to college, go to college, get a degree, uh, have a backup plan, you know, grow a little bit as an individual, take some business classes. Those things are great. But like, you don't have to just be like, I'm a body piercer. This is the only thing I have left. I can't do anything else in the world. That doesn't make any sense. You don't have to be in a bad situation and be a piercer and just hate everything and wish you were doing something else. You can quit that job. You can get a different job, a different way to support yourself and possibly your family. Or you can hustle. You can find a place that's looking for someone and try to move towards that. Some people, for example, you, Jake, were in a better position where you did have a strong skill set that you could bring with you. Some people don't have that. And sometimes you have to be humble and admit to yourself, maybe I didn't learn everything that I should have, or maybe I learned the wrong way and just reach out to people and just let them know, be like, I am looking to reapprentice. There's nothing wrong about admitting. Oh, no, not at all. Because you're just going to come out a stronger piercer on the other side of that. You know, it, it, I think that's the strongest quality a piercer can have is to admit when they're either wrong or they don't, they don't know something and to be able to, to ask questions of how can I better myself? How can I do this better? I, I know this wasn't right, but you know, it, it, it comes down to the little stuff like, you know, not letting a, a wonky septum walk out, you know, you could totally do that, but it doesn't look good on you. It doesn't look good on your business. You know, admit, admit, admit you were wrong, redo it. Right. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. That is the difference between a good piercer and a great piercer and knowing when to admit that you are wrong or you didn't like how something came out and you have to admit it to a client and admit it to yourself, it's going to make you a stronger individual. And if anything, it's going to make people respect you more because they realize that you're being a hundred percent honest with them about how something came out or an issue that occurred. Oh yeah. Cause we're not robots. We're, you know, we're going to slip up every once in a while. Something's going to happen and you just need to, to realize, you know, put your ego aside, like, you know what? Yeah. You know, this didn't come out the way I liked it, liked it to, to come out. So, you know, we're just going to redo this for you. I just want to make sure you have, you know, you walk out here with something perfect. Uh, and that's all it takes. And you know, 99% of the time, every client's going to be like, thank you. I, I appreciate that. You didn't let me walk out like that. You know, there'll be the one time that somebody doesn't want to get it over again. Cause you know, it's piercing. It hurts, but they'll, they'll respect you for it. Like, I'm glad that they didn't let me walk out with something that looked wrong. Being a younger piercer has its pros and its cons. And I think by sitting here and talking with us today on the podcast, you've helped out a lot of those youngsters that in a similar situation that may be able to look at it a different way because now they've seen it from someone their same age and not from a big old man like myself. Yeah. So I wish you the best of luck with Drift and yep. 
hopefully not getting attacked by all those alligators. Well, you know what? They're, uh, when it comes down to it, they're just kind of like uh, sharp puppy dogs. Yes. All right. Let's let's just put that out there. Uh, sharp puppy dogs are alligators now, apparently, to the king of the swamp. end of every episode, I'd like to take some time and answer a few questions from the community. These are questions from clients and other piercing professionals. Every episode, we pick a few of these to get your unique perspective on the question or situation. All right, so let's dive in. So this is a big question that I think is going to work out real well for you, Jake, especially with your location. We had a listener write in to us and they were letting us know that they were going on vacation and they asked, can I go into the ocean after getting pierced? Isn't it the same as salt water? Or saline. I'm just going to let you go on this one, bud, because I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not the same. Uh, remember, kids, everything that lives in the water also defecates in the water. It dies in the water. It it survives in the water. You know, there's there's so much going on in, in that water. You do not want that on your piercing. And with, you know, with fresh piercings like that, they, they kind of act like a vacuum to let water in, but they don't particularly like letting water out. So a lot of the times that, that, that water likes to sit there and kind of stagnate and that can collect bacteria. And you don't want that. You just, you don't want those problems. It's not the same. Usually when we're, when we're saying, um, sea salt soaps, um, I know some, some shops still, still recommend sea salt soaps. They're, you know, an, an isotonic solution and they're trying to get you to, to mix it right. I just say go saline solution you know, and not have to worry about it. It's pretty sterile. Just use that. But no, please, please, please do not go in the ocean with a fresh piercing. Uh, is not the same. The other big thing too is I know that you want to get your navel pierced and I know you want to have this like cool thing right before you go on vacation. Just wait until afterwards. That's all you have to do. Think about how much you hate sand in your shoe. I mean, the last thing that you're going to want is got like sand in a piercing area, especially a fresh one or, or going into that water and going into AKA the the ocean toilet, uh, just just going in there and just getting all that bad stuff into your piercing. So we, I'm speaking for Jake on this because I know his feelings on it, but we strongly recommend not going into the ocean until your piercing has had proper time to heal. Now, I know that a lot of people are like, I'm only going to go into my waist. And, and we're like, no, 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 no. I don't know if you know this or not, but the ocean has waves and you're not going to be able to protect it when it like splashes on you and then like gets into the piercing and everything like that. So please, even though you say that you're going to only go into like waist deep, if you got like something on your head pierced or something similar to that, you never know what a rogue wave is going to hit you. You never know like if you're going to trip and fall. I mean, it may be like a second or two, but why would you want to risk it? Just wait until afterwards. Yeah, and, and there's so many other variables as well. Is I mean, if you even if you don't even go in the water, if you're just sitting in your beach chair, when the wind kicks up, it's kicking sand into your ear. It is, uh, you know, it's kicking sand into your ear. You're sitting in the sun all day, you know, just that exp- that that much heat. If you're gonna if you get sunburnt, anything like that, it's it's all gonna suck for a piercing. So just just wait. You're gonna you can have this piercing for the rest of your life. You can you know, and you can go back to the beach. You know, right? And just heal it up, show it next season. You'll be totally. Whew. Puppies with sharp teeth, folks. No matter what Jake says, I will definitely be staying in that boat. I hope you enjoyed listening to a fresh perspective from a young but experienced piercer. You can find Jake's information to follow him on social media and where to find his studio in this week's show notes. So make sure to take a moment and follow him. I expect big things from him as time goes by. 
I would like to also take a moment to thank everyone for sending in your questions, for listening, and most importantly, thank you for being the rad empowered people that you are. And as always, don't forget, you are beautiful. To ask questions, suggest topics, or get more info about your host or today's guest, please visit us at realtalkpiercingpodcast.com. If you have a moment and enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast platform. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guest are their own and do not represent the official position of the Association of Professional Piercers or their places of employment. Music by Broke for Free.